SB9 was was passed in 2021 by, by Governor Newsom for shortage of housing supply uh, and affordability. I, I think it's great for the state and uh, I've seen some parts of uh, our local neighborhoods starting to, to change. Uh, it really depends on uh, the area and the affordability of that market. Welcome to The Financial Commute, a weekly podcast that gives you the rundown on what's going on in the current market, how it affects you, and what you can do about it, all designed to fit into your commute. I'm your host, Chris Galeski, and each week I share the table with a knowledgeable guest, including Morton Wealth Advisors, fund managers, and investment analysts, to break down complex financial topics. Our goal is to provide you with the tools necessary to help you navigate this challenging environment, leading to a path of more confident investing. Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining us for another episode of The Financial Commute. I'm your host, Chris Galeski, and here to join me is Justin Mitchell with Real World Asset Group. Justin has 15 years of investing in real estate, more on the lending side. But there's a, a number of ways that real estate investing has changed or transpired over the years now that we've had a need for affordable living. So we're here to talk to Justin about some interesting ways to invest in real estate kind of going forward and some things that he's seen. Justin, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me on. So we were talking, I don't know, a little over a month or two ago, as I've been kind of going, looking at homes in different places. And a number of these homes, what I've noticed, these are older neighborhoods out here in Los Angeles, Woodland Hills, um, Calabasas area. Some of the neighborhoods have older homes, maybe smaller, uh, lot, uh, large lot size, smaller home. And a couple of them have had these ADUs that have built, been built on them or turned into an office or an extra space. And I was talking to you about how cool those were. And you were sharing with me a little bit about SB9, a law that was passed in 2021. And I was fascinated by that. So tell us a little bit about SB9. Yeah, so SB9 was was passed in 2021 by, by Governor Newsom um, for reasons for shortage of housing supply. Uh, and affordability. And um, I, I think it's great for the state. I think it's a, a much needed initiative. And uh, I've seen some parts of uh, our local neighborhoods starting to, to change. Uh, it really depends on uh, the area and the affordability of that market, the neighborhood. You know, we live in a very nice uh, affluent um, pocket over here. Right. And some of these pockets don't make sense. HOAs, I think, won't allow some of that. Uh, and really, it's it's about the lot coverage and how much lots uh, square footage you have to, in order to build some of these ADUs. In some cases, you know they're you know what's traditionally called as a granny flat yeah. ADU, uh, and now with SB nine you can build a junior and a and a detached ADU, giving you three units on one lot. And in some cases, you can split the lot if it's large enough uh, to create two separate dwelling units. You can even create up to four units. A two on one uh, parcel and two on the other. So if your lot's large enough and you're a real estate investor, and so you find an opportunity and your lot is large enough, you could have a single family home and turn it into five different rentals from the home being one of them to a couple other ADUs. And then you split the lot and add a couple more. Yeah. And that becomes an attractive investment play from the sense that not only are you building value, it's value add construction, but you're also having you know smaller units that you could rent out, create more cash flow for the investors, but also more affordable living. Is that correct? Of it? Correct. Uh, and it really comes down to unit e economics. Um, again, uh, the construction. Um, what does the lot look like? Because you want to add 
um, access points for each of these units where it's not everybody going into one singular access point. Right. You want to make it so like you can go around the back or you know on a corner lot, which is nice, and it gives it a little bit more of a, a desirable, um, I guess, flavor for, yeah. for the for the development. And, so how did you get introduced to SB9 in this framework or excited about the potential to invest in real estate? Yeah, so the last 15 years I've spent uh, in the credit markets lending to you know fix and flip operators. I started with a company called Genesis uh, Capital where we were actually selling REOs for the banks to these investors. And we said, well, why don't we start off another arm and, and lend to these developers buying from the trustee sales? And it was a wildly successful business. And, and in doing so, when you are... Um, the financial um, at the forefront of the financial market and lending to these guys, you get to understand everyone's strategy. And we were lending more to borderline institutional grade investors. By that, what I mean is guys that are flipping or girls um, flipping 12 to you know 50 homes a year and also building you know new so these are your strategy was similar to some of our private real estate lending strategies where you're lending money to professional correct. real estate real estate professionals that, that know what they're doing correct yeah. and develop i mean you know developing uh, multi-families developing uh single family built to rent communities which are very large single family built rent communities and so you get to understand everyone's strategy how do they pick up off-market properties yeah. how do they source their deals um, and you get to understand this new uh, SB9 measure was introduced by a couple of our bigger borrowers down in San Diego. And uh, we fought, started financing some of these and started getting comfortable with them. And, you know, when you really understand the, 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 the model of it, you're like, oh, this is a great deal. This, yeah. this, is, this is wonderful. There are some challenges, I think, though, with the planning. Uh, cities are, you know, tough to work with, uh, especially if, you, if you're going to split the lot. Uh, that's always a big challenge. Uh, and, you know, it, and it really boils down to is the municipality. The state passed a, a, a overarching governing law, and then they gave all the cities to a, a certain amount of time to um, develop you know, regulations and kind of make their their rules around it for and, permitting and all that. Yeah, and I think another thing that, that check your municipality codes because um, while one city might allow for non owner occupied investments, yeah. another city might say. It has to be owner occupied for you in order for you to do these uh, junior and, and senior. So that's what I was going to ask. Like, how much of this are you seeing our professional real estate developers adding these additional units to be able to rent out um, and generate income versus you know people that own these properties and they say, you know what, um, I've got very cheap mortgage on my place. You know, two and a half percent thirty year fixed rate mortgage. Uh, my property's grown a lot in value. I can't really move, but I'd like a little bit extra income. Uh, an easy way for me to do that efficiently is maybe add a couple accessory dwelling units or ADUs on my property, yeah. rent them out to other people, and then I'm generating some more income. So again, how much of it is, is institutional real estate professionals versus you know single family people that own? I would say that it's primarily um, uh, owner occupied right now. Um, those who are maybe uh, uh, a millennial moving back into the house, maybe they can rent out the back for them and they're, they're, they're close to the, to the family or um, a retiree that wants additional income where they can build one ADU. And now if, if, if they need more income, maybe they build two, right? They build a junior and a senior. Um, and in some cases they can build up to four or five. It just gets a little bit more complex the more units you add. Yeah. Um, on the institutional side, I think it's, it's interesting because I think it's a little too small for the bigger institutional players. Um, but I do see it from uh, 
investors, real estate investors who are you know, large in size, um, just not institutional, right? Yeah. Um, but they're they're adding you know dozens to the portfolio every year, and I'm sure they like to add as many as they can given you know the desirable returns that it produces. Yeah, it's fascinating. Um, one interesting scenario that you played out for me was the difference between having a single family home on a large lot with an attached garage versus a single family home on a large lot with a detached garage. Right. Walk me through the difference in the number of units or, or what you can do there. Yeah, so if you had a detached garage, you could add a second story to it, right? And you can convert the garage into a, a, sep a separate unit, right? Um, and then on the, whereas if it was attached, you can convert the garage and then add uh, a, a second ADU in the back or a third ADU in the back. Um, so it, it primarily, from what I've seen from investors, it, it's if you can find a house that has a detached garage, it's, it's, it's a bonus uh, just because of the, the bigger space you can add. Typically, yeah. a detached garage on a, on a parcel means that the parcel is a little bit bigger, yeah. right? Um, and I think it's a little bit more desirable. Got it. So when you're looking at, at, at going and taking advantage of these opportunities, in an ideal world, you're looking for a larger lot with a detached garage versus one that's attached because it allows you to have an extra rental for more income. Right, yeah. and you can do more with it, with existing lots, right? Uh, and also you have a path where you can drive into that unit or you know, park there uh, typically or, or an RV path, which is great, right? Big wide um, side side uh, walks mm -hmm. and you can park and you can build like a, an, a driveway to the back unit. Yeah, which is great. And a corner lot to me is, is kind of the most like, desirable because you can park this way, you can send a, a driveway that way or put it this way. Got it. Um, now, not to get controversial because there's some people that are gonna like this bill and there's some people that aren't. Right. Um, for for people that you know live in these neighborhoods, Ventura County, you know, Los Angeles, Inland Empire, San Diego, um, and this has been passed, how do you think it really affects them um, down the road? It's a great question. I, 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 we, I'm, I'm challenged with this because I live in a community where they, this kind of fits the, the bill. It's a little too expensive for investors to come into my community. So I've seen it done with one house in my, my, my neighborhood. Uh, that, that woman is retired. She wants some extra income. So she built three units. Her son moved into the back and then the third is being rented out for additional income. Yeah. Um, but an investor typically wouldn't come in because the pricing of the house is a little too expensive for it to make sense. Um, but I do, it, it will change these neighborhoods, you know, yeah. into more of a, uh, I, I would say a multifamily in yeah. some cases, right? Um, and I think that's the challenge. And as an investor, I see it as being a great thing where we add supply, we add affordability, but as a homeowner, you know, you're you're adding a different uh, element to the neighborhood, right? Yeah. Where um, these are all positive things, but again, you move into specific areas for certain reasons, uh, and now it maybe change into more of a multifamily uh, neighborhood. So, well, I think one of the and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's my understanding that some of the moves towards these ADUs is because it's a lot quicker to get things plans pushed through the permits yeah. as opposed to tearing something down, turning it into multifamily and building a four or eight unit building that way. Yep. And it's cheaper now that interest rates have gone up, access to borrowing is a little bit more difficult, supply um, you know, supply chain issues or expenses there. So these ADUs pencil out to be a lot cheaper and a lot more affordable to build than tearing something down and building a, a right. multifamily. Converting your garage versus building a, a 800 square foot uh, detached home 
is very much more horrible than didn't doing a new construction project right yeah. and there you go you have two units right away um i would say with the rising interest rates i think that's another reason why we probably haven't seen as much institutional um demand or, or uh development with these adus yeah but um as things kind of balance out we may see that kind of pick up a little bit okay got it and then Speaking of rising interest rates, I know that you've got years of experience in terms of doing real estate lending, making sure that you're loaning at the right loan to value to protect yourself and investors. How do you think the the increase in interest rates has affected either will affect real estate values, single family homes, or um, even the the lending cycle today? Yeah, you would you would have thought by now you would have saw a little bit more uh, price correction. Right in the market, given the rates, but it's been resilient. I think more, more so in the the stronger uh, municipalities, um, metro areas. Um, but I do think it's going to greatly affect multifamily, right? Because a lot of these projects that are have started maybe in the last year or two uh, that are finishing construction, construction loans maturing, they need to get taken out by a regional bank. That's another issue, right? Are these regional banks going to be lending as as much uh, in the in the coming years? Um, and where are the interest rates? Are the interest rates uh, favorable to, to the project? And, and in most cases, I would assume not. And they're going to have to come up with more equity um, and potentially maybe just have to walk away from the project. But um, there's there's a lot of great uh, developers out there, and, and this is the first rodeo, and they'll, they'll figure it out. Yeah, it, it is interesting how this is all kind of coming to a, a head. Um, not to pick on the the banking issues that we've had over the last month, but these smaller and medium-sized regional banks, they're known for more creative financing yeah. than the big banks. And if, in, if if clients of those banks choose to leave them and go to the larger ones, there's maybe less availability of or access to borrowing from small and medium-sized banks to do a number of different types of you know investment strategies, whether it's real estate or businesses. So do you think that will help grow the real, the, the private real estate lending side of, uh, of the world? I believe so. I think it's going to come. Yes, I do think it's going to be a great, um, it should be great growth for these private credit guys. Yeah. I think the challenge is going to come, come down to, is there going to be deal flow, right? With okay. the rising rates, I mean, new projects are going to be stalled or, or potentially people waiting on the sideline, waiting for you know, rates to come down that makes sense pricing really hasn't come down i think we're starting to see some movement on cap rates where uh the, the sellers are coming to, to terms with okay this is reality mm-hmm. and i need to now sell at a, at a, a cheaper price to, to move this thing um and i think we haven't really seen that happen just yet I mean, we're starting to see it but yeah. i think this the end of q4 q4 we're going to start to see some some big movement and as we get into 24 as well and so I think you know, there's a lot of money out there and these guys are well capitalized, but we'll see where the banks land. Yeah, I'm hearing a couple of different sides in terms of, you know, prices need to come down and then, you know, people that have lots of money waiting to deploy it once prices do come down. So yeah. it seems like we still have a little bit of a supply and demand imbalance, meaning there's just not enough supply to meet the demand of money exactly. that's, that's currently out there for yeah. prices to come down too much. And I'm still yeah. see, I'm still hearing from, you know, my, my contacts that, Pricing is in, in single family, right? Yeah. Seventeen plus offers on, on new homes. If it's priced right, right, and uh, San Diego is on fire right now, and it's just the closer mind. There's yeah. just, I guess, the lack of supply is just really giving um, uh, a, 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 a layer of strength to this market. 
And until there's a, enough force selling, I don't think we're going to see a reduction in, in, in pricing. Great. Well, thank you for joining us. And just to kind of recap it, Justin. So for people that want to better understand how SB9 affects them, this is something that was pushed out by Newsom in the state. But each municipality has different rules or regulations around um, zoning or whether it needs to be non-owner occupied or actually owner occupied to build out that ADU. So where do people go to get information if they want to um, if they're looking to buy in a neighborhood and they want to be in a neighborhood that allows for this or doesn't allow for this, or if they live in a neighborhood and maybe want to add a unit. Yeah, I would just look at their, their local city's uh, yeah. website and uh, or, or even visit the local city and talk yeah. to the city planners and, and ask them some questions. Um, there's some great resources online, but if you want to, if you're more in person, uh, walk into the city and just pick their brain. They're, they're, they're super resourceful and, and always willing to educate the, the local folks. Great. Well, Justin, thank you so much for joining us yeah. today. Love your perspective and you kind of sharing some insights on some of the challenges that we're facing with, you know, supply issues for housing, but also what could potentially happen with real estate now that, that rates have come up and other unique or creative ways that people can invest in real estate besides building, you know, giant multifamily yeah. apartments all over the place. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. And we hope this episode has provided you with a roadmap to feel more confident as an investor. To receive notifications for our weekly episodes, email financialcommute at mortonwealth.com. Until next week.